So welcome along to the recap of week 38. Today's recap will be slightly quieter. It's late at night and the house... I feel like I'm at Christmas now, the house is stirring. And so I'm trying to be quite quiet because I'm recording this late and I don't want to wake my wife. Um, But the recap at the end of week 38, we are going to talk a little bit about Ezra and Nehemiah and also Esther. We covered a bit of Daniel, a bit of Zechariah as well. Um, But the two main prophets, the minor prophets, Ezra and Nehemiah, have taken up the majority of these two weeks. And we'll also do that next week. Um, But I want to focus on Esther for a little bit because really the book of Esther, which we covered in day 262 through to 264, it's kind of a, a shortened illustration of what is happening really throughout the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, and there's that beautiful line in Esther uh, 4.14, which kind of uh, is Mordecai. We have these characters. We have um, we have Esther, of course. I'm going to forget her name, which is only the title of the book. We have Esther. We have Mordecai, her cousin, who takes her in when her parents die. We have the king. We have Haman, who's a kind of evil character in this story. Um, and we have Mordecai. Um, who sends Esther off. The king's looking for a new queen because Queen Vashti didn't do what he said and wouldn't come to a banquet, a party, a shindig, whenever he wanted her to. And so he kind of gets rid of her and he's looking for a new queen uh, and Esther becomes queen. But it's quite a strange relationship they have. Uh, And so when Haman um, discovers that Mordecai, Esther's cousin, doesn't bow to him, he decides he's going to destroy, destroy not only Mordecai but everyone. You've read the story, so you know this. Um, but there's this beautiful line that Mordecai says to Esther, which is in chapter 4.14, If you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise for the Jews from some other place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And it's that little bit that we're going to think about, because that encapsulate really Ezra and Nehemiah, those stories as well, that idea of, who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Um, that was me reading out of the NSV, but in um, in the, the chronological which we were reading through, it simply says, who knows, perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, which is maybe just a, a nicer way of putting it. Perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther's a really interesting book for pub quizzes, It's the only book that doesn't mention the word God. So that's just a little random fact. And because of that, some people didn't actually like it and didn't want it included. We're told that um, during the Reformation, Martin Luther, one of the huge reforming characters, criticised it on the grounds that it was too aggressively Jewish and had no gospel content. So for all those Christians who love their... uh, Bible books to contain the word God, they wouldn't like it. Or to have some foretaste of Jesus, they might not like this book. It's the only book in the whole of the Bible that doesn't mention the word God. You'll find that on a pub quiz at some point. Um, it's The other aspect of it, which is a bit bizarre, is that it doesn't actually talk about a festival that is prescribed in the Law of Moses. It promotes this festival of Purim, which isn't prescribed in the Law of Moses. Uh, and some people just don't like the vindictive spirit of it, this this idea of the Jews going out and kind of slaughtering 
because they're given free reign to it's not a case of protecting themselves they go out and literally slaughter uh, and so Esther is this book it's uh, it's a weird book it's an odd one for the bible but it's also this beautiful reminder for each of us because who knows perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this and really we see that in Ezra and Nehemiah these two minor prophets um interestingly it's thought um as i was looking at this that the two books were counted in the ancient times as one as it is known from the earliest jewish references to them that they thought ezra was the author of both of these books the book of ezra and nehemiah um the book of ezra starts simply as a, a kind of historical account in the first year of king cyrus of persia um Nehemiah starts differently. It starts about the words of Nehemiah, the son of Haggai, but it's thought that the, that Ezra was the author of these two, and they both kind of categorise where the Jewish people have come to, what's happened to them up until this stage. Uh, we see the liberation and deliverance of Jerusalem that comes through Ezra and Nehemiah, because it's a case of the discover that and they're reminded that Jerusalem, as a result of the the Babylonian Empire um, has dis- destroyed um, destroyed Jerusalem. Uh, they're taken into exile by Nebuchadnezzar. Um, then King Cyrus of Persia overthrows the Babylonian king. Um, he takes control of the territories of the former kingdoms of Israel. Uh, and so there's all this. Jerusalem is just left to burn essentially and of course this was all told because God tells the Israelites time and time again that if they do not obey him if they do not follow his statutes and commandments that this will happen and so it's not something we should be shocked by it's not something really even that they should be shocked by but of course time and time again that's what happens that, that they don't listen that they don't obey that they don't follow his statutes and commands and they go their own way and they're eventually exiled and Jerusalem's just left to waste. Um, there are a number of the, the poor are left behind. The ones just kind of look after the land are left behind. Uh, but it's kind of the lowest of the low and they're not expecting much of Jerusalem. So in Ezra and Nehemiah we find that these men come back to try and restore Jerusalem to its former pride. And we're told that they, they weep and mourn for days because they hear of the state of Jerusalem and the walls have crumbled. And so they go back and in a way that's what happens they have come perhaps they have come to the kingdom for such a time as this to restore israel to restore the jewish people to restore jerusalem to its former glory uh, and that's really what we see in the story of esther you could say esther was a, a, a parable of this you could say it was fact but you could say also that it, it's a parable or a, a sense an example of the stories of Ezra and Nehemiah and many others who have come to the kingdom, who have come for such a time as this to come to restore, to come to build up Jerusalem, to come to to save it and the Jewish people from being wiped off the face of the earth because Jerusalem was the stronghold. Jerusalem was where God's temple was. Jerusalem was where, uh, as the temple we were told way back, the temple was where God's feet hit earth where his uh, it was his footstool uh, and so they have come to the kingdom for such a time as this uh, and interestingly um, or, or transferring that into our own lives and the application for our own lives we find that as well 
we have particular gifts, we have particular abilities, we have found ourselves in particular situations. And often those very words of Esther can be referred to us that, that we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Whether it's for experiences that we've gone through personally that we can use uh, for others who are going through those same experiences, whether it's the gifts we have to physically build up God's kingdom, whether it's the gifts we have to spiritually build up God's kingdom, whether it's the, the little things or big things. Esther used her natural beauty, her gifts, to build God's kingdom. Mordecai used his wisdom, his sight, his foresight, his his ability to see situations and how they might be resolved, his intelligence to further God's kingdom. Maybe that's what you're being called to do. Maybe you're being called to use your finances to help build God's kingdom or your wisdom of finances. Um, one of the marvellous things that, that's in existence now is CAP, Christians Against Poverty. Maybe that's your part where you can use your knowledge to help build up God's kingdom Perhaps it's in leadership, perhaps it's in volunteering. Perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Perhaps you've come to be part of God's kingdom for such a time as where you find yourself now, in the midst of what you're doing, in the midst maybe of the questions and queries you have. Perhaps you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That's what Esther found. She didn't want to do it at first, but Mordecai interestingly said then that if you keep silent, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. As well as it being for the good of God's kingdom, often it's for the good of us as well. Um, because liberation, deliverance will come to God from elsewhere, but we, get, we can get to be a part of that. We can get to play our part in it until perhaps you've come to be part of God's kingdom for such a time as this. Um, that's just a little thought from Esther, uh, from Ezra and Nehemiah, as they came to the kingdom for such a time as they found themselves, uh, and maybe you're in that position as well. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of weeks. We have one week left before we get into the New Testament, so week 39 is the last week of the Old Testament, um, and I, I'm going to do a recap next week as well, just to tie that up. Um, but if you've any questions, queries, if you want anything to know, um, let me know. And apologies for being so quiet, but good night. <laughs>